Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer here. And this is Zach Welch. And this is? The Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. That it is. Good to be back again. Got a very special guest on today. Janice, you want to go ahead and just uh, say hi and introduce yourself real quick? Hi, this is Janice Speaker. Boy, it's nice to be called special. <laughs> and it's nice to be talking to two boys that are now men that I knew their fathers when they were their age. So I promise not to tell any stories about their fathers. And I want to tell you all how pleased I am that we now have the next generation taking charge and donating their time and effort to make the Nebraska Bow Hunters a very special organization into the future. Well said. Well said, Janice. Thank you for that. Um, speaking of the Nebraska bow hunters, um, that's obviously why we're here doing this right now. Um, Zach, you got any uh, announcements that we need to know about, updates or anything? Um, not a lot of updates right now. Uh, we do have a meeting coming up here in a couple of weeks. I believe uh, June 15th is what we thought. It's second week of June sometime. We'll have that date for sure, hopefully coming out for you if you have anything that once brought up at the meeting or anything we'll hopefully have another episode out before then with an exact date for you um i know they're still deciding you know what to do with halsey exactly um that i'm sure that'll be addressed at the next meeting so hopefully have some information for you on that after that meeting so other than that not much though yeah yeah no it'll be interesting to see what we decided to do with that but yeah we'll we'll uh, keep you guys updated on that so but uh yeah with that uh um i don't know exactly you want to just kind of start things off with with janice here and we'll just kind of run with it so yeah absolutely so uh sure if you're in the nba you know janice she's got a pretty high reputation in the organization and and she she's one of a kind and she's got some awesome stories so janice you, I know you love to talk, so uh, I'm just going to kind of let you run with it. Um, if you want to just get started, you know, kind of how you got started bow hunting, started in the NBA, you know, just kind of your beginnings, if, if you want to go with that to start. All right. Um, gee, I don't know what my reputations are for, and I'm glad you didn't state all of them. But uh, I do love the NBA. It's my second family, and the people in it are absolutely beyond fantastic. Um, anybody listening to this podcast, if you haven't joined the Nebraska Bow Hunters Association, you are missing out on a lifetime of fun. Uh, I started hunting as a toddler. Uh, my dad didn't have a dog, so he sent me in the bushes and in the draws to flesh out pheasants and rabbits so he could shoot them um so i guess i started out as a bird dog but i loved every bit of it loved being outdoors and uh, of course back then it wasn't bow hunting it was shotguns and rifles but as i grew older when i just finished junior high i ran into uh bo speaker who later became my husband um many years later but at 16 I bought him his first bow with my babysitting money and we went bow hunting for rabbits and so on and so forth. Again, I did the flushing, he did the shooting. 
Um, then I left Lincoln after first year of college and went on the auto racing circuit, but many of the car owners, it was the Indy circuit, um, had hunting land in Texas and Oklahoma, et cetera. So on the off time, um, I went out there and, and did a lot of scouting for people and didn't really do much shooting, just enjoyed the outdoors. And in the late eighties, I moved back to Lincoln and ran into my high school sweetheart that I had bought the bow for, Bo Spica. Um, and we hooked up, uh, and he got me into Lincoln Prairie Bowman Archery Club where I met Joe Clomer, Kyle's father, and I loved shooting archery. Uh, he and a guy by the name of Bruce Batterman, I, I think you might have met him, um, he had an archery shop there on Prescott, um, and he and Bogey set up a Hoyt bow for me back in the late 80s. I didn't use it to kill anything. I went with my Bogey and I subsequently had twins in our 40s. Um, so we took them to 3Ds all summer long, all over uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa. We went to the Colorado Jamborees, and I loved shooting the 3Ds and, and hunting with Bogey, but more as to photograph than anything else. Um, then I, uh, as time went on, the boys became avid bow hunters. We went to all the, well, I'll regress a little in 1990, early 1990. Uh, I was walking my dog down the street and a guy was moving a turkey, stuffed turkey in a glass case into his house, moving in down the street from us. And I stopped and asked him if he was a bow hunter. And he said he was. And the guy turned out to be Steve Witticheski. And Steve actually told us about the Nebraska Bow Hunters, and we went with him to the first uh, meeting there at the Ramada in the early 90s, and we were hooked on the Nebraska Bow Hunters from then on because the people were fantastic. It was a family organization. Everybody had a good time. The hunting stories were wild, and uh, we knew we had found a second home. So after... After that, um, I went with the boys and Bogey. The boys became avid bow hunters, and, and of course, Bogue already was. And I'd photograph them and go with them, but not really kill anything, but went to all the 3Ds, shot all the 3Ds. Well, in, night, in 2007, um, Bogey went ahead of us up to Niobrara. It was the first year you could hunt three ton turkeys. And uh, the boys were in college, and he went up there, and we were going to join him later. Um, he called me after the first night and said he had killed two really nice toms, and he was going into town to the library to get a permit. He wanted to be the first person to kill three toms when three toms were out there to take. And uh, that was the last I heard from him. Um, he went to the turkey blind that night. Um, he passed away of a heart attack. Uh, Steve Wojciechowski found him, and that was pretty traumatic. The blind he hunted out of, he had made out of carpet and rubber and hog wire and wires, and it wasn't quite your 
lines you guys use today, but it worked because it stayed there all the time in the woods and the turkeys paid no attention to it, nor did the deer. But he passed away in that blind. We later, long story short, um, discovered the remains of the third turkey he shot and his arrow in the bushes not far from where the blind was. So we knew that he got his last turkey and uh, I guess he died doing what he wanted to do. But when I was in the car riding up to Niobrara to claim his body, something overcame me that I, I can't explain to anyone, um, can't explain it to myself, but I knew at that moment that I had to become a bow hunter, not just a bow hunter photographer and a 3D shooter. And at that moment, I set a goal for myself to go up to Niobrara, where he died, in the blind he died in, the following fall, and kill a turkey um, out of the blind he died in. Some people thought that was strange. Uh, others weren't quite sure. Um, so at that point, uh, we had a celebration of life. We had, of course, at the church, and then we had everyone come over to the indoor Prairie Bowman Range and shoot archery anybody that wanted to people that had never even been exposed to archery came and i will never forget tom nauman put his arm around me and he said you have to make a choice now you're no longer a photographer if you want to hang with us you're going to have to become a real hunter and i said is that a are you cutting me off with that buzzer? No, sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I'm in my basement here and the, the dryer just went off. And keep going. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I thought, you know, it's one of those buzzers where you somebody talks too much. Um, so, so at any rate, um, after that, I got my Hoyt, my 1987 Hoyt. I knew I had to kill the turkey with that. But Nauman arranged for me to buy a, a uh, Bowtech, real reasonable, and uh, Paul Eland and, and Steve Wudicheski and a few others pitched in and my boys and helped me learn to be really, really proficient with it. And not only the Bowtech, but the Hoyt, but I told them I would not kill anything with the Bowtech till I killed my first turkey with the Hoyt. So at that time uh, came the fall of 2007. I went up to the ranch where Bogey died. Um, I went up there alone and Steve Newyear and Denny Smith, who are also NBA members, had an old converted camper up there and they told me I could use it. So I went up there alone and set up camp in their, their old camper. Some of you may have seen it. Uh, they still bring it to the NBA at Halsey. And for nine days, I went down by myself and sat in the blind bogey died in from dawn till dusk. Of course, you know me, I love to eat, so I had a lot of snacks, but uh, nothing came by within range. And then on the ninth day, a small Jake came out at 20 yards through the woods and I pulled back and dropped him right there 
and you have never heard anyone scream, dance, run around, and go crazy, they would have committed me if anyone would have been around. Um, so I was so happy. I, I called Dick Mock right away, and he was laughing, and, and he told me, of course, some mock Indian stories, and, and I called Steve, and then I, everyone said, you have to get a picture. Well, I had agreed to watch the ranch for a couple days, so there was no one there to take a picture. And I had not showered or combed my hair or cleaned my clothes for the nine days. And I come up over the hill, and it was before cell phone pictures. I had a camera, though, but I had to find somebody to take the picture. And here comes this poor kid driving a propane truck to fill the propane at the ranch. And he sees this crazed-looking woman in dirty camo with a bow carrying a dead turkey. And I ran up to his truck, and he, honest to God, looked like he was going to step on the accelerator and take off. <laughs> and I asked him if he could take a picture. And, well, I did get a picture. I put the turkey on ice, uh, drove all the way to Lincoln to have Steve show me how to properly clean it. And on the way, Carol Mock asked me how big the beard was. And I said, it might be three-quarters of an inch if I measured the longest hair. And she said, we'll save it on ice. I want it. And she took it and made me a beautiful pin that I still wear. But at any rate, I had fulfilled my goal of doing that. And that's how I became addicted to turkey hunting. So from that point on, I turkey hunted every chance I got with whoever would put up with me. And two years later, um, I was up at the same ranch on opening day of turkey season. And Steve New Year also hunted up there with me and Steve Witticheski that And he had asked if he could bring someone. And I said, nah. And then I realized he was already bringing him and almost there. Well, the someone is was Dale Grabowski, who I'm still hunting with today. And uh, it was really funny. Dale had never, um, never seen a woman bow hunter. And uh, he asked me if I was bow hunting. And I had camo on my face and a bow and camo and dirty. And I said, no, I'm just an eccentric. I think she's Pocahontas. And people humor me and he kind of just laughed but that night at the dinner we had we invited him to eat with us in the old garage where we ate and when I was setting up my bow I'll regress to Steve helping me set up my bow tech um, the spring before and we had measured for a cam and Steve had said had his hand to measure the arrow and my draw length and I thought he said, let go, and he said, let down, and I shot him through the hand. Didn't hurt much. Um, no vital organs or anything, but I was really sad about it. However, uh, when Dale asked me at the dinner table uh, in the garage, he looked over at me, and I looked at him and knew that he was not pleased a woman was hunting there, and he said, what's the biggest thing you ever shot with a bow? And I said, the biggest thing? And I looked over at Steve and I go, the biggest thing I ever shot with a bow 
Well, that would have been a 40-pound Pollock. And Witticheski, being the serious person he is, said, I don't weigh that much. <laughs> and Dale looked at him and said, you shot him with bow? She shot you? Steve goes, yeah. And he said, did it go clear through? Steve goes, yeah. And I believe it was New Year's said, yeah, don't, don't make her mad. <laughs> so that's how I met Dale Grabowski. And then uh, I saw him the next day coming up the hill carrying a turkey, a blind, a chair, his bow, arrows, uh, his backpack. And I thought, boy, I could use a pack mule like that. I better be nice to that guy. And uh, so I was nice to him. And the rest of the story is we've been hunting and fishing together ever since. And when we got we were fishing that oh a couple months later i said you know you really have to join the nba and he said he had joined for a year in the 80s but never went back and i took him to halsey and he was just absolutely enamored with halsey and the fun we had and uh how nice the people were and shooting 3ds all day and so he's been a nba supporter ever since so, golly, I guess he turned me into an absolute turkey killer, and I've loved every minute of it. And I've hunted hogs and deer and elk. Um, elk hunting with Dale, I've, I've never got one. I've come close, but never got a sh I can honestly say I've never had a shot, but uh, loved every minute of it. So, I didn't take a breath. Do you guys have any questions? <laughs> No, that was excellent. That was excellent. <laughs> Some on. awesome stories there. A lot, of, a lot of things people probably hadn't heard before. I thought uh, that was pretty funny. That I remember hearing you tell the story about shooting Steve in the hand at the NBA banquet a couple of years ago, and I still get a kick out of that every time I hear it. <laughs> oh, I was – it was the – day before the opening day of deer season and it was at the indoor range in downtown Lincoln and I ran down the street ran out of the building ran down the street to my truck to get the first aid kit and the whole way I'm crying Lord don't let it hurt a shooting hand it's the first day of deer season tomorrow please Lord let him be able to shoot <laughs> I mean it it actually went right through the skin between his finger and his thumb but uh, it, I didn't know if it went through. I didn't know where it went. I just know his hand was squirting blood. And then I said, I'm taking you to the hospital. And he goes, no, we don't want to record a hunting accident. <laughs> so his wife is a nurse. And she assured me that it was okay. And we wrapped it up. And, and Steve's still alive today. But I'm sure he's very happy that Dale took over the duties because... I'm a total accident looking for a place to happen. So um, <laughs> Dale's been in and out of uh, many emergency rooms with me to everywhere, everything from burnt feet to stitches. And of course, this week, some of you might have heard, um, went fishing with uh, the NBA, a couple NBAers and Dale up uh, in the Dakotas and uh, fished all week. And then I told them if they cleaned the fish, I'd go in and cook dinner. And I cut my hand open 
on a uh, opening a can of green beans. So I've decided that being a vegan was much more dangerous than the meat I eat. And uh, those guys were wondering why I was so upset. Or they thought it was the blood. They didn't realize I hadn't gotten my third turkey. I'd been holding out to hunt it this week. So, so this is first season since I met Dale that I haven't gotten my three toms. I only got two. But uh, I think the hand will be healed quite shortly. So, I'm sorry. Oh, I just said it looked like you were catching some fish, so the hand must not be hurting you too bad, huh? <laughs> no, I actually cut the hand the night we were packing to come home. Oh, um, yeah. I had caught fish all week, and I had said to Wes Sheets, who's another nba -er, um, I, coming into the house that we rented, I said, geez, Wes, you're 80. I'm almost 73. We've been hiking rocks and, and wading sunken bridges and, and to catch these fish and having a ball. I said, we're damn lucky that we <laughs> didn't get hurt. And he goes, yeah, every time you don't get hurt, it's, you know, <laughs> worth the trip. And, I'll be darned if I didn't go in and cut my hand open on a can of beans. So, so couldn't hunt last week, but I got my fishing in. So, uh, as soon as I get it healed up, which it's almost there, um, I guess we'll go scouting for elk and fishing some more. I did fish last night, but I had to do it with my left hand, so I couldn't throw a jig. So I had to just sit in a chair with a leech, but didn't catch anything. So. So, are there any other questions? Golly, you guys have been in it since you were little kids. So, you've... yeah, we we certainly have. I think both of us are pretty pretty much lifers, huh, Zach? I mean, we both. Yeah, I think so. And it's since we could. Yeah, I would call you, I would call you lifers because I saw your mothers both before you were born. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It was. And. Uh, You've certainly earned your stripes uh, at the banquet, but especially at Halsey. So I can remember you both doing Robin Hoods and balloon shoots and, and uh, golly, all the other fun things we do. And it's so fun now to sit back and watch all of you that were toddlers now having toddlers of your own. Not you, Zach, yet, but you will. So, um it's just to me, and it warms my heart that you guys are still there. Many of the the shacks, my own sons, everybody to see them still there. Roger Sears' daughter, her kids, um, so many of them that y'all were little kids, and now y'all bringing little kids. And I hope that you're all bringing friends besides because. It's an organization that needs to carry on and needs to uh, needs to have some new blood. And you guys are a start to what you're doing now with this podcast is fantastic. And uh, what they're doing with the website, all us old timers were, you know, West Sheets and I and Turpin and Al Dickmock has passed away now, but. Uh, you know, we're we're all relying on you young kids to carry on the tradition and to show your kids 
what a second family is like of people that enjoy the same things you do. So you guys are the future of NBA. I want you to keep it up. uh, You have any other questions of me? Um, Yeah, you know, that's uh, well said, Janice. Thank you for those are kind words. Um, I, uh, I had a couple, uh, you know, couple things that I didn't know if you'd mind hitting on, you know, I know that you've, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Wes and, and, uh, Dick Turpin and Dick Mock and, um, you know, and obviously we, we, uh, obviously we miss Dick Mock, you know, I mean, I miss him every day, I guess, but, um, you know, he was such a influence in our, in our organization and just a a phenomenal person, but I didn't know if you had any good, uh, good hunting stories or anything and involving, um, you know, any, any of those three or, or, or whoever you, you, uh, have something that comes to mind. That'd be, that'd be great to, to share if you wouldn't mind. Well, I will tell you, um, when I was thinking about the NBA, when I was fishing this week, and I was thinking the NBA first, I got to meet Dick Mock, who has become my hero. And I know, Kyle, you worked for him many summers. And I was blessed being able to go up there and listen to Dick and read the Fred Bear stuff um, and hear the Fred Bear stories. I even got to sleep in the same bed that Fred Bear slept in, and I thought that was just too great. Um, and you all know what a fabulous historian and Dick Mock was. Well, Dick, through Dick Mock, of course, Carol Mock, his wife holds the, uh, still holds, and probably always will, the record for caribou, Quebec caribou with a bow. And Carol and I got to go to Europe for a few weeks um, in 08. Uh, Dick wasn't real thrilled. He was, he's pretty frugal. And I think at the time he told Carol we could go if she could get an airline ticket for, I think it was 1100 round trip or something. But anyway, Carol and I toured um, with one of uh, Europe's top bow hunters, Gabriella Smart. Um, took us and we got to meet bow hunters all through Europe and and go to the to the clubs and Gabriella was kind of the leader of the European bow hunters at the time and so I had that trip because I knew Dick Mock because I knew Carol Mock and I got to see things in Europe and European bow hunting that I never would have gotten to to see and then through them, I also met Glenn St. Charles, who's another one of my heroes. And, of course, Fred Bear had died in 88, but I, I felt like I knew him through Dick. And then over time, because of the NBA, um, I've been able to go to the Pope and Young when Dick was and speaking up there and Gabriella was. And uh, through the Pope and Young, I got to meet many of the other heroes of archery and uh i got to know and become friends with tj conrad who's the editor and owner of traditional bow hunters and in fact tj joined us we were fishing in homer alaska and he and his buddies joined us a couple times up there 
Um, I've also got to know, uh, well, Christy Christensen, who also is a Nebraska bow hunter. Um, she and I used to do a seminar at some of the outdoor shows, um, called why every woman should hunt. And, uh, I think one of the funny stories there, Tiffany, you know, good looking Tiffany from the outdoor channel was the guest speaker at the big buck classic. And, uh, she was delayed a little bit and she ran over to me and she said, could you go to the group and tell them that, uh, I'll be there in just a few minutes. And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. So I went on stage and here's all these men so looking forward to Tiffany. And I was sort of mean, I told them, I said, well, Tiffany couldn't make it, so so you've got me. And then I noticed a couple of them getting out and I said, wait, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And they were all relieved that Tiffany would be there, but uh, it wasn't very kind of me, but it was kind of fun. And I wouldn't have got to do that without the NBA. But uh, through that, I've gotten to know many of the, oh, your top names. And and the NBA has had countless guest speakers through the years. Um, and through them, I've gotten to know other bow hunters. And Dale and I, of course, we travel a lot. And... It's so cool to to go to different places and meet different bow hunters and and your circle just keeps expanding and your extended family keeps expanding and and uh, you hear tales and you're given opportunities that you would have never had if you would have just been a lone bow hunter on your own um, and you too know how much fun bow hunters can be. Not to mention all the good food we always eat, but uh, I can't, I just can't sit here and say enough about the NBA and all the opportunities it's given me in my life and my children. And now, you know, my three-year-old granddaughter, I mean, she, she sat with me in a blindest fall and we kind of set it up so we wouldn't be too far from the house and Tootsie Pops, when you're hunting with little kids, Kyle, you're going to have to learn this. Um, Tootsie Pops and always empty their snacks in silent little plastic bags. Never take a, a regular noise-making bag and give them lots of treats. But at three, she's hunted with me, and she's uh, she's also followed the blood trail for her dad. And she's just... She's going to be quite a turkey hunter and quite a deer hunter. And uh, I want to keep her active in the NBA, too, just like her folks. But as uh, far as hunting stories, um, golly, I've got a lot of them. Some I can tell and some I sure can't. Um, but uh, I know Dick Turpin and I have talked many times. He's become a very close friend of mine. And, and uh, we, we've laughed how... We wish there would be an outdoor channel show that showed us old timers in our our surplus army surplus clothes with our old bows with with just whatever we can dream up and uh, show kids what what hunting should be like. And I know both of you, your fathers, have taken you out and not had all the latest gear and and uh, range finders and all of that stuff. Um, 
nothing wrong with it now. Uh, just the old days seem to be a bit more fun. But for you kids, I'm sure yours are going to be a lot more fun in your mind than your kids. So uh, the tradition just carries on. But uh, I know people ask me why I don't get a new bow. And I said, well, I'm harvesting my bag limit every year, so haven't found a need for one. But uh, as long as the old shoulder holds out, I'll be out there. So uh, can you guys think of any stories that uh, need to be told? I guess um, you all know how much I talk. And uh, if there's no one around, Dale says I can talk to a post. And I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago at Halsey. Um, it was after midnight, and I had not gone up to Snob Hill or, or had left Snob Hill and went to, to talk to uh, New Year and uh, Denny Smith, who were also old-timers, and they were tucked back in the woods. Long story short, everyone thought that I was lost in the dark or something had happened to me and Dale couldn't find me and uh, Coolman's couldn't find me, Lineburgers, Roger Sears, everybody. So I'm sitting there after midnight and I see all of these um, ATVs and everybody going through the woods with flashlights and I'm tucked back in there by the ballpark only back in the trees and I said to Denny and them, I said, geez, I wonder what's going on. Um, look at everybody going on down the roads and through the woods. And <laughs> so I walked out and I think it was Lionberg came up in the golf cart and said, where the heck have you been? We've got everyone searching for you. And at that point in my life, I realized, hey, the members of NBA do love me enough to look for me. So that, that just shows you how close of a family we've all become. But uh you guys have any good stories of old timers that you'd want to tell on us? <laughs> I'm sure we got dozens of them, but I don't know how many we can tell on here. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, well, I can tell one on Kyle. Oh yeah. I remember, uh, <laughs> I was I was up at Dick Mock's and we were cleaning. Dick and I were cleaning fish and. And Kyle, you were working for him at the time, and yep. and uh, Dick was, you know, Dick was missing the thumb, his thumb, and so he always cut the thumb out of his gloves, and he was looking for his glove, and and I said, well, where'd you have it last? And he said, oh, that Kyle, Kyle's always taking my gloves, and I said, yeah, he's he's got a real fetish for gloves with the thumb cut off. And, and Dick goes, yeah, he must. <laughs> so he never let you off the hook on that one. Yeah, but, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, he was, I don't know, and and you should be writing down everything he told you for your kids because you had to have learned much more than I did. But, uh, <clears throat> we were just talking to Carol the other night and I said uh, man I wish I could remember about an eighth of the things that he told me on our on our two-hour lunch breaks it seemed like most of the time because he'd start talking about stuff but 
anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I always wondered if you got paid by the hour on those lunch breaks. Well, I always asked him, and he always said, oh, no, just write down an hour for lunch. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, he passed on a world of knowledge to many, many of us. And, he did. And, uh, he did. I, I just, you know, my nightstand right now, my, I have four diva sisters. They don't hunt, they don't fish, they don't get dirty, but they can tell you the latest sales upon Mars. But uh, they looked at my nightstand when they were out here and they said, how many of those, where'd you get all those books? And I said, well, got most all those books from Dick Mock through the years. And uh, they said, have you read them all? And I said, all of them, some of them twice. And I said, I still don't have the knowledge that that man had just stored right in his, I mean, I will be honest, the first time I went up to his cabin and I pulled out a letter that Fred Baird written him and I was reading it and he said, what are you reading it? And I told him and he started reciting what day it was, what year it was, where they were. Um, almost down to the time and I thought this man can't remember all of that and I looked down at the letter and it was verbatim <laughs> I've never seen anyone like that probably will never see anyone like Dick Monk again but uh, he, he was one of my heroes but uh, well guys I'd, I'd like to answer anything else you got I sure am feel honored that you called me hope we i don't know all the interesting podcasts you've had with lion hunts and everything else i didn't think there'd be much to add so you know like we said the reason we're doing this is for the nba and you know you added so much stuff about the nba that you know people probably didn't know as, as you know as long as you've been in it and stuff and just the history and all the stories and as far as podcasts about the NBA, you know, this is about as good as it gets. You can talk about yeah, hunting stories till you're blue in the face, you know, but just the knowledge and the history and all the stuff that you have about the NBA is, and it's just incredible. Well, the, the NBA has got a fascinating history and so many, so many people that, that we need to listen to and learn from. And I think, I think of this year, it really, really hit home um, being that I had to be the one to find the judges for this year's Nebraska Bow Hunter of the Year, who very deservingly went to Eldon Epley. But I took all, what I did was took all the um, nominations and I sent all of the nominations to the different judges I had chosen. All of the judges knew no one in the NBA and they were all leaders in their state organization or a national organization. And many of them belonged to many different sporting organizations, be it gun, archery, etc. And all of the nominations came very close to each other. Of course, Eldon was a cut above, but it was interesting to me. None of the judges knew each other. They were from different states. But every judge wrote back to me 
and said, I belong to several organizations. Um, I belong to several over the past. After reading what all of these people that were nominated have done for your organization, I can honestly say I've never belonged to an organization that has had that many dedicated people. And to, to the letter, each person nominated will eventually get Bohunner of the Year because they've all been fantastic. And it really hit home to me reading those nominations and then having all the judges say that. What a fabulous organization that we do have and how many volunteers that we do have that go way above and beyond and how much the sport of archery and hunting per se has been expanded due to the Nebraska Bow Hunter Organization. And I've hunted with people or met people um, and said to them, do you belong to the Nebraska Bow Hunters? And no, I'm a loner. I, I just like to hunt, blah, blah, blah. And I've said, well, even if you don't want to join, your $20 will give us numbers when we go to the legislature and you want your hunting rights protected. And so I would ask you to join just to give us numbers and see what we're about. And the ones that I've got to join have never quit. Um, and that says a lot for our organization. And we are, we are one of the big voices in this, the sporting field when it comes to the legislature. If you talk to legislators, state legislators, most of them are aware of the Nebraska Bowhunters Association, and we've got a good working relationship not only with the legislature, but the Nebraska Parks and the commissioners and uh, Gaiman Parks, um, the NRD. Um, we've become a very visible, in a good way, sporting organization. And, and many archery clubs throughout the country have tried to pattern themselves after us. Uh, so I can't say enough good about it. And all I can ask is if there's young people, especially listening to this, that are you guys' age, or get involved. That's the one way that you will benefit most from this organization. Uh, I know Matt and I'm going to Roush, our, our secretary of our organization, I probably murdered his pronunciation of his last name, but he's gotten involved in He's taken over Westernized position as a legislative rep. And it's so good to see someone else in there learning about the laws that are affecting our hunting rights. And so many of them are, are really being written to take them away. So we need to keep at it and keep informed and keep the young kids in there. So I, I'm, praying that we have Halsey this year because to me it's almost better than Christmas but uh, I always gain 20 pounds but that's irrelevant <laughs> your dad's a good cook Zach in oh, case I, you didn't figure that out so I know well, the, I the meals we always <laughs> have at Halsey they're 
they have them all planned out every single night. There's always something big going on down there. Mm-hmm. Hard not to enjoy the food there. Yeah, I can remember way back when you guys were little that it was Joel, your dad, Kyle, and and Harlan, your dad, Zach, and the fish fry had maybe two fryers over in the corner there. And now, how many people would you say come to the that fish fry? Oh, man. I honestly couldn't even tell you. It's hundreds. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> it's hundreds. And it's it's just grown from a, a few people to, to just probably more sought-after event than even our barbecue on Saturday night. But uh, And if people haven't sat in the, in the Loop River with 50 to 100 people to cool off after shooting a 3D, they've missed out on a good time. So, I, I'm sure when you guys went to college, none of the parties were as good as the NBA. Is that right? We did. What? Wait, there's silence. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Kyle? I just said, oh, people party in college? No. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're well behaved, Janice. You know, we're very well behaved. We yes. we don't take after our dads, like. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the ones you get. They're the ones you should be asking. Yeah. Uh, hey, I gave up on your dad a long time ago. <laughs> I can't blame you. <laughs> no, he's the only one that made me look good. But <laughs> <laughs> now, now Kyle's dad, well, he he was always a little bit more well behaved, but uh, <laughs> that. At least the side I saw of him. Nah, seriously, you guys, your dads, everybody I know within that organization is just good, clean fun. So it uh, just keep up with your podcast because I love them and I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you get to know people. I mean, me, I talk to a lot of people and try and hear their stories, and but Dale isn't he doesn't quite go out in the crowd and as much. And uh, I know when he listens to your podcast, especially, I mean, I learned a lot, but he learns a lot about other people and, and things that, that he probably wouldn't learn otherwise. You know, I mean, you take your mountain lion podcast and I could just see him being lost out there <laughs> and visualize the whole thing going on. Uh, to me, you guys just got to keep up with these podcasts. And I know with your busy schedule and both of you being in the medical field, uh, life is just going to get a little bit more hectic. But always take time to hunt and always take time for the NBA. It's all I can ask of you. So. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. do our best, Janice. We're 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 enjoying doing them, and we hope that uh, we hope people, you know, like listen to you know listening to what we we try to sort of bring a, a lot of different things to the table, I guess, and hopefully people enjoy that. And yeah, so that's that's good yeah. to hear. I appreciate that. So yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to be on a long time to get on all the characters of NBA. I don't think there's enough podcasts in the world for that. I don't, I don't think so. We, 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 could, we could do one every day for several years and still not capture everybody. That's yeah. That's what makes it great, though. There's yep. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I've just thought how fun it would be to just take a one of those little tape recorders they used to have and go around it during the campfire stories. But man, you couldn't. You'd spend the rest of your life editing them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah. well, tell your parents hi and and uh, Kyle, I can't wait to meet that little baby. You bet. No, hey, she's growing fast. So, she, oh, they yeah. grow up. this this darn virus is keeping me away from my granddaughter that was born in October, and yeah, oh, it's just killing me. Yeah. So, but my son sends me Snapchats, Facetimes, and videos every day. So. At least I have that, but they do grow up way too fast. So, well, get her in camo and you bet. Take her out. <laughs> yep, she's already she's already got her first little bow, so she's uh, we're we're ready to go whenever she can pull that thing back. We're ready. So, <laughs> yeah, when she was born, Craig Schonenberg. Yep, he was just anxious for her to to have it be outfitted with everything. So. Yep. Yep, yeah, she'll do good. Big, pretty cool. <laughs> so, can't wait to see her toddling around at Halsey and you trying to keep her out of the poison ivy. Oh, so. yeah, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, thanks so much, okay. Janice, for uh, for coming on. Um, do you uh, you got anything else, Zach, or any, any other? I not that I can think of, no, yeah, that's. This is pretty much just how I imagined it going, um, which is which is fantastic. We just ask a couple questions and you just run with it, Janice. So that was great. So we appreciate that. So. Yeah, that was perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. And I'm sorry I'm not a techie on Zoom, and uh, I'm doing well to answer a cell phone. So yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think this worked just fine. Everything sounds all right. So yep. Yeah. Well. My son told me the other day I called him with a computer problem and I was having trouble figuring out what he was saying to me and he got a little bit short. I said, you know, son, it, I taught you to use a spoon and it took you two weeks to figure the spoon out. So don't get on me about the computer. <laughs> Pretty good one. I like that. <laughs> so all right you guys take care and enjoy the the summer hope you i imagine you'll be shooting a few fish out of the boat before turkey season or deer season starts so oh yeah yeah i think we're gonna go up antelope scouting and and elk scouting and whatever other scouting we can do and dale's tried to kill me twice with with no, three times, come to think of it, with bear attacks. So so if I don't get killed by a bear this summer, I'll be back and see you at Halsey. Sounds good, Janice. Sounds Take good. care. All right. Bye-bye, you All guys. All right. See you. Yep, thanks. All right. Well, that was excellent. Thanks. That was really good. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Janice. If you if you listen to this, we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, you know, at um yeah and uh um what a what a character a lot of fun talking to her so one of one of a kind She's definitely a, we've got a lot of those in the nba it seems like which is what makes it so fun you know I, exactly right yeah i appreciate her uh 
you know, and she's right too. I mean, yeah, if anybody's listening to this, you know, if you guys aren't a member of the NBA and, you know, even, uh, you know, I mean, obviously most of us are bow hunters, but you know, she made a good point. I mean, even if you're not a bow hunter, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff for conservation and, um, you know, to protect your right to hunt and fish and those types of things in, in the state of Nebraska as well. So, um, you know, just something to think about, I guess, but, um, it's a good organization, good people. Um, you know, and I just, uh, I, I feel pretty privileged, Zach, that, that we can do this for the, for the NBA and, and just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's good. Good to talk to people like that. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like she said, I can't say it enough. It's like a second family, you know, it's not just an organization. And, uh, I guess, you know, people who aren't in the NBA who, you know, maybe just see it as an organization, I encourage you to join because you're going to find, like I said, a second family and a group of people who not only can hunt with and shoot bows with, but, you know, people you can just form relationships with that are going to have your back and be there for you. So, yep, exactly. Very good. Well, anything else, Zach? I don't think so. No. Well, hopefully I got to run over to the hospital, it looks like here, so it's pretty good timing, and oh, I guess we're, uh, I'm heading to the river this week, so that'll be exciting, yeah. hopefully we can, uh, hopefully maybe I'll have your, maybe we can do one with your dad and your sister here, and um, and well, maybe we get Jake on, or we'll, we'll figure something out, maybe we can do a little, another little bow fishing episode or something. Yeah, that'd be good, talk just going to take Janice, talked a little bit about bow fishing, summer scouting and stuff, and Yep. Said you got a paddlefish tag. Hopefully, you can get up there and yeah, get one in the boat and hear all about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I've never been, so hopefully, uh, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to just the experience of nothing else. So it'll be good. I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed. That's for yeah, sure. For sure. Hopefully, uh, hopefully my boat driver doesn't kill me, but you know, whatever. You can't <laughs> well, expect much from him. So you know, it's running, so I'd I'd be on my toes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I guess uh, anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, this is Kyle Climber. This is Zach Welch. And this is the Good Life Bow Hunter, official podcast of the NBA. Very good. Take care, guys. <laughs>